Um, it's going to be in English. I hope it's not a problem. Um, you have to excuse me because I'm uh, replacing other speakers, so I didn't have time to prepare. And this is the talk which I gave in Minsk, in Belarus, about four months ago. So the first question is, who have seen it before? Not nobody. That's great. Okay, so <laughs> it's it's not about coding now. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be just kind of a conversation with you. I'll try to explain uh, the problem I see, and uh, I'll try to offer some solutions. So uh, don't expect me to show you like Java code, but we will definitely talk about Java. So the story is that like I want to start with a little like a small story about how it. So about. A few weeks ago, we had a conversation. I have a chat, a Gitter chat, when, where we uh, discuss uh, object-oriented programming and uh, uh, the ideas from, from my book. Probably some of you know that I wrote a book, Elegant Objects, about object-oriented programming and Java as well. And I was trying to convince somebody there, uh, telling that, uh, th that we need to, to improve the way we write code, the object-oriented code. And because the way we write it now is not good, and then, and then we have problems. And then that guy said, what problems? Like, what's wrong with the way we code now? Why do we need to change something? Like, what problems? That was the question. And then I spent like about a week researching the internet and trying to find what people are actually saying, trying to find an answer for that question. Like, what problems? And then I found a number of quotes from quite popular programmers and, and, and scientists about object-oriented programming, and I wrote like a blog article with all that quotes, about 15 of them, and this is one of the, one of the quotes I like. So people in general say, you know definitely who Paul Graham is, right? He's the, the, um, he's the founder of y, one of the founders of Y Combinator and, and quite famous functional programmer. Uh, so this is the quote from this guy, and there are many others. So people are saying in general that object-oriented programming is actually a problem. It's not a solution. It gives us more trouble than it's supposed to solve. And, and there are many, many, you know, say, like many, many people say that, and they all blame object-oriented programming as a concept. So, but for example, this guy, he's more like from a functional side, so he is trying to promote functional programming, and he's saying object-oriented programming is bad. But some people also are object-oriented programmers, and they are also saying, like, for example, uh, Jeff Atwood, the, the co-founder of Stack Overflow, he said, I'm not showing it here, but he said that object-oriented programming introduces more problems than it solves. And, and many other people, so who are actually programmers in C-sharp, in Java, and all that stuff, all that object-oriented languages, they also blame uh, OP concept for being not as good as they expect. And, and I want to show you now that the problem is not with the OP, not with the object-oriented programming, but the problem is actually with us, how we use it. And not just us, but I see four enemies which are trying to attack object-oriented programming. So we have four sources of trouble. So these, these four guys, well actually there's one guy and four and three, you know, things, uh, who are trying to attack, not trying, but they are attacking object-oriented programming. And that's why, oh, oh, that's why, oop, I don't know, OP or oop, uh, let's call it OP. So the OP actually suffers because of that. And that's why we all blame object-oriented programming. But we have to blame them. We have to blame them for ruining the concept. And them means us. So we are also on that side. So we are also authors of books. We are Java programmers, we are creators of frameworks, we are, we are users of frameworks, and we actually work in some companies. Maybe not so many of you work in Google, but we work somewhere for, in companies which make these troubles. And now I'll show you, I mean, uh, we'll discuss what kind of, why I call them enemies and what, 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 is, the, what is the problem. Uh, in general, I would call, I would say that the fight is not against, oops, no, it's the other way around. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's okay? It films? Okay, sorry. Uh, so, the, the, so I think this, the, 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 uh, the fight is not between 
somebody and object-oriented programming, but between a structure, a discipline, a clear idea, and the chaos, which actually makes money. So there are two concepts, two, you know, two, two opposite ideas. The first one says, uh, if, it's, if it works, it's good. This is what we have everywhere. So if the software works, no matter what it is, object-oriented, functional, whatever, Java, not Java, no matter what you use, if the product works, it's great. So we don't care about the ideas, we don't care about how clear is the code, how properly designed it is, just, just make it work. This is the very typical and very popular concept on the market. So there are many, you know, you've heard it a lot, I'm sure. And this, this, the other one, the opposite one, which I'm trying to, uh, to say which is good, is, is, is I would say it, if it's good, it if, if it's good, it works. So first of all, we need to think about how to make it good, how to make the right uh, design, how to make the right structure for the software. And then it will work eventually. Maybe it will not work immediately because there, are some, there definitely will be some problems because the clear design doesn't mean the workable software. But the, the, the attitude on the right flag is better than the, the one on the left side. But, you know, uh, it's, it's a quote from a blog, from a blog of mine. One, I, I'm, I'm in general against the idea of uh, ORM. ORM is uh, Object Relational Mapping. So I have an article in the blog which says that ORM is, a, like, in general, a bad idea, and that Hibernate is, is a bad library, so uh, we should not use it because this and that, and I explain why. And then one guy wrote a comment there, like, uh, he said, he said what he said. So stop saying that it's a bad concept. Instead, just introduce something else, make a billion dollar, and then everybody will just believe you that, yeah, this is a good concept. I don't have, you know, I don't have many things to say against it because I don't have a, a framework and I don't have a, you know, a paradigm which actually made already a billion dollars. But this makes sense, and this is what kills us. So this attitude, I think, in general, kills object-oriented programming and kills the, the good design. And now, step by step, enemy by enemy. The first one is the first one is books. So there are many books which are explaining object-oriented programmers to young, to young programmers, to people who just joined the area, who just joined this uh, industry domain. And all these books, most of them, 99% of them, explain what object-oriented programming in the wrong way. So they don't really say what they have to say. Object-oriented programming, when it when it when it showed up in the market, like 30 or maybe 40 years ago, it was a replacement or improvement, the next step, after procedural and imperative programming. Like languages like COBOL, Assembly, Pascal, C, all that languages, they were imperative, they were procedural, and they were difficult to maintain. So the software written in that languages were too complex to maintain because it was procedural. So objects were introduced in order to lower that complexity, in order to make code more maintainable, in order to isolate code in the objects, and then, uh, uh, and then separate the objects by abstraction and let these objects uh, communicate in, in, in the right way. So treating an object as, a, as, a, as an entity which is able to communicate with other entities is the right way to treat them. But many books which I've seen about, starting from Wikipedia, many books, and, and including Wikipedia, they say that an object is just a piece of data with a number of methods attached to this data. That's how they present that. For example, Wikipedia, it says that an object may contain data in form of fields called attributes and some code procedures, often known as methods. So we can see that the definition by itself is procedural. So Wikipedia says that the object contains procedures. So the way it defines objects is wrong. This is the wrong definition. An object is something else. It's not the data plus procedures. It's, it's something else, definitely. But Wikipedia is lying to us. So many books as well. Look at this one, quite popular. Each object looks quite a bit like a little computer. It has a state, it has operations, and can, you can ask it to perform. So again, the computer, thinking that an object is a computer, is a procedural way of thinking, because the computer is something we can tell what to do, and the computer returns the result to us. So it's not how we should treat an object, because this is the procedural definition. Another one, a class is a collection of data fields that hold values and methods and operate on those values. Again, data fields and operations. 
It's just, it's just a procedural definition of, of something, of a data structure, which contains some procedures on top of it. Another one by quite popular inventor of C++. An object is some memory that holds a value of some time. It's even more wrong because it's just a piece of memory that holds something for us. Technically, it's correct. In C++, it is a piece of memory with a, a number of methods or procedures attached to it. But if you think that way, you're not going to be writing object-oriented software. You'll be writing procedural code in Java syntax. And you know, I've heard many stories about small talk. I'm not a small talk programmer, I'm a Java programmer, but in the, many people said that small talk is actually an object-oriented language. That small talk is the right language to, and all that. that. That you should look at small, small talk. So I took that book and I, I tried to find the definition of an object in small talk. And, and, it, and it's also wrong. This book also is you know, saying the, the wrong things about an object. It consists of some private memory and a set of operations. So it's, it's, it's a definition of an object as some data structure with attached functionality which is not what an object is. The only book I know which actually says something right about object is this one, probably you've heard about it. It's called Object Thinking. And the definition is quite interesting. It says, an object is the equivalent of the quanta from the universe is constructed, from which the universe is constructed. It's quite funny, right? Because it doesn't really define what an object is for us programmers. But this is the right way to look at objects. This is the right way to understand object-oriented programming. So it's not just pieces of data staying around of us and some procedures there, and we should command and control them. So the paradigm of command and control is wrong. It's coming from procedural programming, and it's, and it's been implemented in Java as well. So we shouldn't blame object-oriented concepts. We should blame those, these people who write about them in the wrong way. Not this guy, but all the guys I mentioned before. So this is the first enemy we have, the books. They give us wrong definition of object-oriented programming, and then we implement it the wrong way, and then we say, like Paul said, object-oriented programming is just a mess. But it's not because it was a mess as an idea, it's because these books understand it wrong, and all of us understand it wrong. That's the first problem, the first enemy. The enemy number two is languages. So we, we use languages, we, we have languages which, uh, which tell us how to write code in a, in a object, on an object way. And these languages are wrong. So I took Java, for example, and I, uh, um, I, I found these keywords which I think actually are ruining object concept in Java. So Java, by using these keywords, by, by, by giving us these keywords, is ruining the idea of object, of object thinking. For example, let's take one for example. Which one do you like? Which one do you like? Final. That's right, final. So, <laughs> so it was predictable, huh? So the, so the first one is final. So what's wrong with final? If we have final in Java, it means that we may have not final. So everything should be final by definition in object-oriented programming. So having something not final is actually turning our objects in mutable structures, in mutable data structures, which are open, which, are allow, which allow other structures to change, their, to change their identity, to change their state inside. So the final keyword, it, without, the fi without the final keyword, everything would be, uh, would be immutable. We would not have setters, which is a terrible idea in object-oriented programming in general. So setters is completely evil idea. Uh, we would not have anamic model. You know what anamic model is, right? It's like, you know, data, data transfer objects here and there which don't contain any logic. They just transfer data from left and right. You just inject data over there and then you transfer them from one procedure to another. It's called anamic, anamic, anemic, anemic model. We would not have data structures if we would not have, fi if we would not have final, if everything would be final. We would not have data structures. Everything would be objects, like real objects. But now we have so many data structures everywhere. If you're using Spring or uh, Hibernate, you know what I'm talking about. When the object is actually just a collection of setters and getters, and all you can do is just inject data there and then retrieve data from there. This is not, not object-oriented programming. And of course, procedural thinking. So by, 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 by having these non-final things, we think procedurally. I'm not going to go into the details, you can read like my book or a blog, but I'm just overviewing the situation. The second problem is static. So we have static methods or so-called class methods, which exist 
on classes, but they are not attached to any objects. So they are just pure procedures in Java domain. So they came to us from C, from, I don't know, from assembly, from that, from that world many years ago. And Java just adopted them. When Java was created, they just took that stuff and put it into Java because, because there were so many programmers, procedural programmers in the world, who didn't know how to design objects right. They just needed procedures here and there. They just needed pieces of code. They didn't understand object idea at all. They just said, you know, I need to, this code to run. Just give me some, you know, some way to run my code. And they said, sure, I have a static method. And then you have a class called utility class, and then 50 methods there, 50 procedures. And you say, hey, I'm writing object-oriented program. And it's a mess. Of course it's a mess, because you're using static methods. But who gave me the static methods? Java. So who should we blame? We should blame Java, not object-oriented programming. Object-oriented programming was not invented with the static methods. There were no idea like that in, in OOP originally. This idea was introduced by Java designers who, had no, who either had no idea what object-oriented is, or they just you know, made a compromise to, to make these C programmers happy. So without static methods, we would not have utility classes. We would not have singletons. It's another terrible idea. Another horrible idea in Java world, singletons. It's just, a, it's just a tragic to have singletons. We shouldn't have them, but we do have them because of static methods. And we think like now that, that my code is a mess because object-oriented programming is a bad idea. No, it's because you're using singletons. And of course, we would not have procedural thinking. We would think like objects, not like procedures. Problem number three, another keyword, which is called instance of or dot class, reflection API. There's no place in object-oriented thinking like reflection or, you know, or getting access to the class. Even in general, the idea of a class is actually not object-oriented programming. I'm not saying it here, but it's another like, subject to discuss. So even the idea of a class is wrong. There should, be just be, should be just be objects and types and subtyping. Objects and types, but no classes. But okay, if you have classes, but you shouldn't have reflection API. That's, that's, just, that's just nonsense. Like getting access to the class and you know, being able to like, actually de decompose what the class is and look inside. And sometimes even like, I'm not saying it here, but like this bytecode manipulation. It's nonsense in general. So we should have it in normal programming, but we do have. And then we blame our code and object-oriented thinking for being a mess. The bytecode manipulation is a mess. Reflection API is a mess. So without that stuff, uh, so it leads to procedural thinking. Uh, because of that, we don't really have the real polymorphism and we don't have the real encapsulation. Because it's, it's possible now, using reflection, it's possible to go directly to an object and make manipulations there directly. We can inject something there, or we can get an attribute, we can set an attribute. So it's not anymore a black box like it was designed, like objects were designed. The original idea was to have black boxes being composed, into, being composed into black boxes, into black boxes, into bigger boxes. Now we have just pieces of data and procedures around us, which we can go anywhere and get anywhere from everywhere, and then, and then do these data manipulations. It's not object-oriented programming. And the last thing is uh, annotations. Annotations, another terrible idea in Java. We shouldn't have it. Because again, it has nothing to do with object-oriented programming. It's just the concept of attaching something to poor objects without even telling them what's going on. You have an object or you have a class, you know, test, you put the annotation on top of it, but the object doesn't know what's going on. The object can't control it. The object can't, can't even, I mean, it, it can get an access to this annotation through reflection API, but it, it cannot actually, the object, for example, cannot change the value of the annotation. Annotation is attached to the class, not to the object. So it's, it's, it's something really procedural. It's coming from a completely different mind, a completely different thinking, and it's very procedural. Again, it leads to anemic model as well, because we, 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 we don't let our object decide what's going on. Instead, we annotate their classes and then just, uh, just take control out of their hands. So what I'm saying is Java, as well as many other object-oriented languages, are just, just a mess. And because of that, we, we have the messy code. But not because the ob object idea originally. Object idea was clear, was good, was great, was perfect. But what we turned it into, using Java and many other languages, 
is a mess. Enemy number three, frameworks. So we have frameworks which are actually telling us, which are actually you know, giving us the design and telling us how to use our code and how to write the code, but they are also messy. It's a list of frameworks which I think are like, they should not exist. This is just bad. All these frameworks. <laughs> you know them, right? <laughs> Even JDK is there. Say again? You're, one, you're the designer of one. No. <laughs> no, Hibernate, oh yeah, Hibernate, the JPA is there. Yeah, Hibernate is not there, but JPA and all other Hibernate clones is just wrong. So all these guys, including JDK, the design of JDK is wrong by itself in many, many, many places. For example, Jax Arrest, probably you know what it is. It's for RESTful API, right? You know how it works. But look at this code. This is the simple Jax Arrest class. Look at it. I'm using it like quite often, and I really hate it. So um, <laughs> I don't even know where to start. Well, first of all, there's no constructor. So they all ask us to have the, the default constructor and that everything which comes from the outside world is being injected through setters. So I cannot have a constructor in my class. So they tell me to make a class without a constructor. Then I don't know how, to, the, the, how the dispatching of the request, of the, of the HTTP request is coming from. All I have is the annotations, but me as an object, if I make an instance of this, of this class index, I cannot control the process of, of requests coming in and requests coming out. So I'm pretty dumb you know, piece of code, which only knows how to process some data and return some result. This is not what an object should be. This is not how you know, objects should be designed. Uh, it's quite difficult to test this stuff. I mean, it's difficult to see how the context is injected. So we don't know what's going on around us. So everything is coming through this, through this setters and, and, and the annotations. Uh, annotations control the life cycle, life cycle of this object. It's just wrong. Apache Commons. Apache Commons is just a huge collection of static of, of utility classes with, with, with a lot of hundreds or maybe thousands of uh, static methods. And look at this code, file utils, first static method, another static method, another static method. So there are no objects at all. They like throw away the idea of objects in general. They just give us the, a huge collection of procedures to read the file, to write the file, to decode, to encode, to, to, to parse the string, everything. But it's just a C library. It's just a library in C language. Well, there's Java syntax, of course, yeah. But there are no objects at all. Well, in some places, they have a few objects here and there, but it's just, you know, just an exception. Maybe some programmers were, like, crazy enough to introduce objects there. But in general, the, the overall design is, like, forget objects. It's not object-oriented programming anymore. It's just Java. <laughs> Unfortunately. JPA. Well, don't get me started. But here we have just... <laughs> we have something which looks like classes they look like objects but in general but but in reality they're like data structures dto so called where somebody injects some data into and then takes some data out and objects don't know anything about what's going on so it's completely anemic model which is i mean there are a huge amount of articles about hibernate and jpa in general how bad it is it's not just bad because it's a mess it's bad because it's not object-oriented programming it works. Like I said in this flag, it does work. Yes, it can, it can work. There are so many projects, probably you know, like you have this as well. We all write code using this stuff, but, and it works. But it's not object-oriented programming, it's Hibernate or Java. Enemy number four, it's Google. Well, Google and others, but Google is a big player in the Java world. They actually, well, I, I blame them first of all because of the Android. And, and they actually, I think they made a really bad thing for the Java world introducing Android. And the way Android SDK is designed is just a mistake. And there are many other companies which promote that kind of thing because they have money. They have money, they invest money in that, pro in that big product. And then millions of programmers just have to use that product because, because there's huge promotion in there. There's huge, huge investment into them. So Android SDK, for example, I'm not a big expert, but I, I tried, I created a number of, you know, a number of mobile apps using Android SDK. There's a one cl class called Activity, and there's 200 methods in this, in this class, object, whatever. 
It's nonsense. It's not possible to have an object-oriented world, 200 methods in one class. It's not a class anymore. It's something else. It's a shame. It's a shame to them. Like this. I don't know what we can say about Google designers, but they're just, they had no idea what object-oriented programming is. They took Java, it's bad for us because they ruined everything. I mean, if you, if you ask somebody who's an Android developer, you can't call this developer a Java developer. It's difficult to say that because this, this person is, you know, have in general, in usual, in most cases, has no idea what object thinking is. It's just procedural programming because 200 methods, it means that it's just a piece of code. It's not an object anymore. It's just a location of procedures. You just put them all there. Where do we put it here? Why not? We put it here. Why not? What else? That's how they made these decisions. And it's a shame. So what I'm saying, it's I'm finishing. So time to change sides. So it's time to decide, are you on the left side with these four enemies attacking object-oriented programming? Or are you on the left side and you're trying to defend object-oriented programming? I'm trying to be on the left side. It's kind of difficult because, I mean, they're big enemies, right? They're huge. They know, I mean, they have a lot of money, they have a lot of popularity, all these frameworks. It's difficult. But I think it's time to, uh, it's time to change sides. If you are serious about development in the future, I think that the future is bright, actually. I think that slowly, step by step, we can actually fight back. But it's difficult. So that was, that was my message. And I want to encourage you to think, are you actually an object-oriented programmer or you're just a Java programmer? It's different things. And I think that, that Java, and, and, and that's answering another question, I think that Java in general right now is, as a language is moving towards the wrong direction. So it's not becoming a better and clearer object-oriented language. It's becoming just like this Android SDK, just a place for as many techniques, as many tools as possible. You want this? No problem. You want to change your bytecode on fly? No problem. You want to... Uh, Whatever, you want to use functional programming, here you go. You need like lambdas, here you go. So whatever you want from all the possible you know, paradigms and languages, just put it in Java. Instead of actually implementing what's needed, instead of removing what we don't need. So I think that we're going right now in the wrong direction, but maybe we can you know, change sides and go in the right direction. That's it. Do you have questions? Yeah. Do you have One, two. Thanks a lot for great speech. It's also more like a request to think about what we have, to ask questions and give answers. But I have four questions. First of all, um, four. Four. Okay. <laughs> First of all, about utility classes. Uh, I mean, I understand why you create utility classes by design, but what alternative you can propose? Like maybe I too used to programming, so I just can't find. We have some functionality that is already tested, well known and reusable. So instead of inventing my own bicycle, I just use some how to form it in the right way. Yeah, good question. I can repeat it. So the question is, what is the alternative to utility classes of these static methods? The answer is objects. So if you want, for example, I'll give a simple example to a little bit to provoke you to think. But let's say you have a method which calculates the maximum number of two numbers. So you have A, B, and you need a maximum. So what do you do now? You, what, what do you do now? You call the method which is called max, the static method, right? We all know this method from JDK. Instead, we shouldn't do that. We should create a new object which is called max. So you should say new max A, B. So you encapsulate A, B into max as an object and max becomes a number. So max is a number which is a maximum between A and B. So the, the first approach is, is imperative. So we're telling the computer, calculate, the def calculate who is bigger and then give it back to me. It's called command and control. So I give you the command and I control how you do it and then you give me back the number. This is imperative. This is assembly language. This is C. And the, the, the object of reality is that we create a new object which is a maximum between A and B. We don't know who is going to calculate the difference. We don't know when it will happen. We just, we just create an instance of an object and give it somebody else. And then maybe later, if somebody needs actual properties of this object, actual you know, behavior, then the maximum will be calculated. This is called declarative approach. This is called, this is object-oriented. Thank you. Second question is, uh, definitely you think right things, but in practice, like, you know, like well-known sentence that uh, Good but not working program is much better than great idea but which is not working. So in reality, I don't know. 
but all programs, but a lot of programs are really crazy, minus of spaghetti code, but it's working, it's making money, and good because of this, but uh, so. That's a good question, I'll repeat. So the point is that if the software works, actually it's better than the software which is designed perfectly, but it doesn't work because nobody's gonna pay for it. That's, that's the attitude which actually kills us. So I think that design comes first and performance uh, and money comes second. So if we design the software correctly and we do it right, then eventually, maybe not immediately, maybe some customers will not appreciate that. Maybe some customers will say, I don't care, just, just do it the way, I mean, I don't care how it's done, just do it. But in general, we, we shoot ourselves in the foot if we do it like that. Because maintainability of the code is way more important right now, is way more expensive right now than just creating the code. So writing the software is like 10% of time and money we spend on it. And maintaining the software, except some exceptional situations, like when sometimes you create a game, you know, a mobile game, you put it on the market and throw it away in a few months. But in general, traditional development is 10% or maybe even less, you actually write it. And then 90% of the time and money you spend on maintaining it, on maintainability, of making bug fixes, of introducing new features, of transferring it to another team of programmers. And this is what's important. But if the software is created just to make it work, then this 90% becomes 900%. You just spend way more money for that. So it's, it's our job as, as, as designers to convince our customers that, that we need to spend, we need to design it right. And object-oriented programming is a, is a concept which, which tells us how to design it right. Java is not a concept. Java is just a, a collection of, of tools and instruments. But these tools and instruments, they don't fit together. That's, and that's why, this, that's why this, this becomes so expensive and, and, and this one is so cheap. So of course it's cheaper to like, put pieces together. Yeah, maybe... <laughs> you have four more? Or? Two more, two more, just two more. Okay, do we have time? Enough? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you say that uh, software is working, but uh, does it work actually? It does bring money. Okay. Yeah, in most cases, that's a good point. In most cases, it just does burn money. It just, it's just a software, and then it just doesn't work. But we think it will work. We hope it will work. We just, we just create what we can, but then it actually, before the software becomes actually the working software, we need to spend more on maintenance and, and, and putting it to the market. So just creating the software is not enough. Okay, yeah, maybe uh, the question there. Uh, question yeah, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, you promised to give some solutions. Maybe you could can give them some hints. You described some really serious problems, but mm -hmm. what are solutions to the bottom answers? Well, solutions are like, well, uh, there are many solutions for like step by step. I mentioned problems. So first of all, for example, the solution is just stop using static methods. There are many, many solutions, but I'm giving an example. Stop using static methods. Stop using annotations. Stop using getters and setters. Stop using hibernate. All that stuff. So there are many, many like suggestions which I'm giving, and I have, and I have like stop using everything. Yeah, but no, stay, st stay with Java. Of course, I love Java. I write in Java like every day. But in Java, there are so many bad things which were introduced into Java, and they keep introducing it. They keep giving us more and more to give to make our life even more and more messy. So don't use all this stuff. The majority, like 90% of features in Java, they shouldn't be used. That's my point. 10% of that will be enough to create your software to create all of the softwares you create. So just don't do this bytecode manipulations. It's just wrong. Forget about it at all. Don't touch the reflection API. If you touch the reflection API, you're already doing something wrong. Just don't do it. If you need annotations, just think again. Like, are you doing it right? Are you, like, oh, you, if you're using static methods, just immediately a signal for you, like, you are doing something wrong. So there are many, many solutions. Yeah. Thank you. Last question. Maybe you can propose some alternative to Java language that is better. No, I don't see I don't see an alternative to Java right now. I love the language, I love the environment, I have so many tools for Java, so many utilities. It's it would be just wrong to, to get rid of Java and say let's go somewhere else and invent new language. No, I'm not saying that. Java is perfect. And nothing will change if we just stop using Java and go create another language. We will be the same. It's all created by us. I'm not saying some, you know, some people created Java for us, some people created Hibernate. It's us, it's me, it's you. We build them because we are using it. We are submitting tickets for them. We are supporting them. It's all made by us. So if we just say, let's stop it and create a new language, this new language will be exactly the same. 
we will create exactly the same. So we need to change first our mentality. When we change our mindset, we will start using Java in the right way. And then Java will start changing slowly and slowly. Java 10, Java 11, they will stop introducing this, uh, this nonsense they, they keep giving us and they will start thinking in the right direction. I had, I had, a, I had a talk uh, two hours ago about, about aspect-oriented programming. Aspect AOP. Aspect-oriented programming is a great concept which was introduced into Java, not into Java, but as a library, 16 years ago. And since then, over 16 years, Java hasn't introduced that functionality into the language. It's a great thing. It's a great thing to have in the language, but we don't have it. Instead, we have something else, something else, something else, which actually you know, makes the code worse and worse. So we need to change it. We need to change first us. Yeah, that's a question. One, two. Uh, yeah. Igor, I like what you say, you're telling me the right thing, but you are, the, you are not the first one who tell it. In previous ages, when Dex said, he said the same about procedural programming. He wrote uh, several books about it, he spoke on all conferences about it, uh, there are a lot of interviews with him, he told the same about procedural programming. He spoke to NASA software developers and all that stuff, and he was uh, like uh, scared how oh, Dijkstra. Oh, yeah, sure. Yes. Mm -hmm. So you can see his interviews. He, he told exactly the same what you tell now about object program, object oriented programming, the same about procedural about, I don't know, 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. And it was the same. The code, the code is awful. The procedural programming is using in, in a wrong way. You cannot like, test it. You don't know what, uh, what, what it does. It uh, works only by accident. It's the same you have now with object-oriented programming. And it's... Uh, but uh, he told that uh, market uh, usually rules. Mm -hmm. This is what you tell us now. Mm -hmm. That market rules, that uh, always there is always a time pressure, deadlines and all that stuff. You have to release, release after release and all that stuff. You have always deadlines. And these deadlines, they really uh, make us do shit code. And uh, they don't have us... Uh, enough time to have a good design. Maybe we don't know how to design it right, really. You're right, but there is always time pressure as well. There are not so many smart people who can do really object-oriented thinking and who can really design the program this way. So I, I really like what you say, I completely agree with you, but even if it was every age, you're the same. Thank you very much. Well, yeah, that makes sense. What can I say? Well. Oh, he's dead, first of all, so... <laughs> yeah, I get it, I get it, yeah. I mean, you're right that the majority of us, actually, of, of programmers, they're not, maybe they will, they, they still want just to make money and just to write code with just words, of course. Yeah, that's, that's so sad. Well, it's not sad, it's reality, but, but people... I agree, I agree, but look at the, look at these guys. So they're the, the book writers. They don't have any time pressure. They just need to write the good book. They just need to think and write the book which will actually tell people like, look, this is the right way. Of course, we need to, we will definitely make compromises. I do make compromises. I use static methods sometimes when I need to, when it's something, you know, when something is really needed and the, the, the money is at the table, of course I'll do it. But I want to buy the book which will tell me this is the right way. Of course, make compromises. So first, let's, you know, I, I blame these book writers. I blame them for not thinking properly. They are making it for money. They are writing books for money. They want to sell that book. And they are making compromises with, which they shouldn't make. They should, they should tell us the right way. They should explain us the clear picture, the right picture. And then it, it's, it's our job to make compromises and say, you know what, I agree with the book, but now I'm going to use the static method. The second one, the Java. Java designers, they have to be smart people. They have to be people who think. They are not on time pressure. They have a lot of money. They have good salaries. They have nothing to do. They're just sitting and inventing Java. So they should be quite, you know, they're not like us. You know, they're not in the trenches. They're not writing code every day. They're thinkers. They're getting like, you know, they're writing probably, I don't know, a few hundred lines of code a year. That's all they do. But they need to write the lines correctly. But they don't. They don't think. I blame them. The frameworks, again, these guys are not in the trenches, right? <laughs> These guys have time, they have to, to do it right, and you know, I'm not going to even say what, what I think about this. 
So these guys, they have like, you know, huge amount of money, but not enough brains. So, and that's why this combination of these problems, we have, we have the, we have what we have, yeah. Yeah, um, well, I just want to say you shouldn't blame the, the designers of Java because in Java you have something called garbage collector. So when you create an object, every time you want to sum two objects, then you end up with a gazillion objects that uh, someone has to collect, right? So um, it's made on purpose, that's what I'm trying to say. You know, um, they introduced, they tried to, to make Java like the best platform that has like best of all the worlds, like from from functional programming, from object-orienting programming, like some spices from every little bit. And I think that's the beauty of Java. If you want to go uh, object-oriented, you can go. But if you want to go like functional, nowadays with the lambdas, you can also go. And you also have like reflections and all those kind of tools. Like, I think that's really the beauty of the language. Well, about the garbage collection. Uh, well, if you look at the Android, another example, which is the same, which is, you know, to, to explain my point. If you look at the Android documentation, they say there clearly, I'm not sure about right now, but half a year ago, they said, we recommend you to use static methods instead of objects. So don't create objects. Use as many as possible static methods and don't recreate objects because the Android platform is slow by definition. It's a mobile phone and, and the solution is, Forget the object-oriented programming. Just do procedural. Use static methods. That's what Google recommends. So Google, instead of solving the problem of this multiple, many, many objects and garbage collection, and definitely garbage collection slows everything down if you have multiple, like, millions of objects. Of course, it's going to be a problem. But Google is supposed to solve that problem not by telling us that objects in general are wrong. Because this, is, this actually turns the whole idea, the entire Java, into a completely different language. Or pick another language. Pick another language, call it procedural language, and say there are no objects in here, there are only static methods, but it's going to be C. They don't want that. They want to use Java because they know there are a huge amount of Java programmers, so they, they, they just want to make money. This is the best way to make money. Let's use the territory. The territory is you know, full of Java developers. Let's just tell them, you know, guys, Java, not Java, object-oriented, not object-oriented. Who cares? Static methods. Let's go. That's what they did. So, so they have, to, they have to solve it somehow. They have to introduce some mechanism which actually will allow us having objects and maybe garbage collection, maybe something else, I don't know. But objects and OP and the right design and speed and performance. That's what we're paying them for. But they didn't do that. So that's wrong. So, so, so I'm saying that this, yes, I definitely know about the problem with garbage collection. Of course, you cannot use millions of objects if you want your software to be fast. Yes, but Java is on the market for like how many, 20 years? That problem had to be solved. We need to introduce something. I don't know, maybe the Java compiler has to turn my objects into static methods. But internally, when you compile stuff, like turn it into procedural programming on the lower level, look at my brilliant design, all the objects everywhere, small objects everywhere, and then compile it down into like, you know, some procedural operations without objects. Maybe, I don't know. But introduce something, give me something, but not, not ruin the idea and then blame object-oriented programming. And then say, you know what, guys? Your entire OOP is wrong. Don't say that. Any more? Yeah, there is a question. We have five more minutes. You criticized a lot of programs and libraries, but can you name something that was designed good? Something, some example of good software? Yeah, sure, I have a framework. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote a book. Maybe somebody of you heard of it. <laughs> I wrote a book and I have a few copies with me. So I wrote a book which summarizes all my ideas, which says actually, which gives actually practical examples of how to write code in Java without changing the language, how to write code in a better way so that your code actually will look way better, it work better and all that stuff. So that's one thing, that's one, one step which I, which I make in order to improve <laughs> the world. The second one, I create a number of frameworks. Actually, I have one big framework, which is a web framework for websites, which is designed with all these ideas in mind. No static methods, no annotations, only objects, only small objects, no implementation inheritance, no static methods. Everything I'm saying here is implemented in the framework, and it's quite popular on GitHub. It's a few hundred stars there, and people are using it. It's called Takes, Takes Framework. Take a look, T-A-K-E-S. 
So this is the full framework, which is the HTTP server, which actually works. And we have a number of projects which are actually using it. So I made it. And I also made a, uh, an award, an annual competition for open source projects who uh, can op object-oriented. Like if you, if, you, if you develop something in an object-oriented way and you think that you're doing it right, you can submit your, object to, to your project to me. And once a year in October, I give $4,000 to the best project. Just my personal money. So it's a competition, every year competition. I select the best project. It's a second competition this year, actually. The first year it was 150 projects. Now it's about 70 projects submitted. So it's a competition, and I actually, this way I actually like encourage people, not just to work, I mean, encourage people to, to, to write the code better than they write in their day jobs. So you do your, you know, you use Hibernate in your office, but you can't do it better, like something, in open source way. And then submit it to me. I don't care about the popularity. I don't care how, how popular your project is. I don't have care how many users. All I care is about how it's designed. So if it's designed right, if it's designed properly, then you will get the money. You will get the, the, the prize. And this year, actually, GitHub is also, is also supporting that initiative. So, so I'm doing that. I'm trying to, you know, to, to promote, to, to provoke, to encourage you programmers to, to write code in a better way. So that's three things I'm doing. I'm not just saying, I'm, I'm actually, yeah. Hello, okay. So uh, you said that you have to write new max object, yes? Yeah. So it's kind of like, maybe it's, okay, in Java you can do static method import, so it's actually shorter code. But if you write new all the time in Java, maybe, well, it's longer than it could be, you know? And uh, I like terse code minimum amount of lines to express what I want to do or sorry uh, yeah yeah you're right absolutely absolutely right now in Java if you write the code in the right way the code will be longer that's true that's true I admit that so you will have more lines of code maybe more files you will have interfaces you will have more class like more actually files that's true but this is what Java has to work on of course, yeah, but now this is the reality. If you want to create a clean object code, object-oriented code in Java, it will be longer, definitely longer, than the code which is, which is you know, procedural. So that's true, but that's, again, I blame Java, Java for that, so what can we do? Of course, there's new, new, new everywhere. It's kind of noise, right? So it, will be, it, would, be, it would be better to somehow get rid of that. But for 20 years, Java is not thinking that direction. We're thinking about that, yeah. We're thinking right now about like thinking about the language which will be based on Java, like JVM language, like there's so many of them, but with the proper syntax and with the proper attitude without all this. But actually, it's not so difficult. We'll just need to remove 90% of Java and just, you know, and just stay with 10% and maybe improve the syntax here and there. It's not so difficult. So we're thinking right now about that. Maybe next year we'll start that. Yeah, just one last question, I guess. Yeah. I'm interested, do you have a real project with poor uh, realization in the style? Uh, it would be interesting to have a maybe middle, uh, uh, middle project like uh, re-implement the JAX RS or some... No, Spring it maybe will be too hard, but uh, do you have a real project which is really poor object-oriented? Yeah, like I said, this takes framework. It completely, well, it's not re-implements Spring, but it re-implements JAX-RS for sure. So it's a, it's, it's a library, it's open source library, which is a complete HTTP server plus, it, it's a replacement of servlets, uh, JSP, all that stuff. So it, it, it gives you the framework to create a web system. And we have production, in production web systems which actually use this framework. So we did it. And there, like I'm saying, there are no static methods and there are about 300 classes, 300 classes in the framework. No static methods and not a single class with more than three methods. Not a single class with more than three methods. No null references, null references. No static methods, no annotations. So it's possible. That's my point. It's possible. Um, of course it's not possible if you already like, get, if you already have the hibernate in your, you know, you have to use hibernate and you have to use, to use spring. Of course, in that case, you're in trouble. You will have to, I mean, make some compromises. But if you're starting from scratch, it's not so difficult. It's possible. Okay. One last and that's it. Yeah, but can you show the link on the, to this library on the screen or something? Uh, yeah, but we, you can check my YouTube channel. I have a few presentations about this library. Okay. And then you will find them. Well, one last question. Yeah. 
First of all, thank you for your speech. Uh, it was great. And uh, I have a small question uh, regarding your opinion. Uh, you see that uh, Java is uh, over 20 years and uh, it's really hard to um, drive such a big community and language. And uh, don't you think that uh, people will get boring uh, with just pure object-oriented approach? What do you think about it? What do you think about, I, I, I missed the last part. What do you think about, um, what do you think about new features? Uh, they introduce uh, every single release with new feature set and you mentioned that it's really bad, that it is better to use just a pure... Uh, yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, and um, do you think that uh, community will still be such a big community like Java has nowadays? Uh, will it still be big uh, like... Um, uh, for example, in 10 years, if uh, there will be only pure open without any new features. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, I think that now Java is like way more complex, way too complex. It shouldn't be that complex. You need to like, if you want to know Java like from, from, from A to Z, it's so much information. I, I, I know probably like 15% so there are so many features in there, like I'm, I'm talking about features in the Java, in the JVM, in Java language, well probably I know the language like 90%, but the JVM and all these techniques of memory management, all that stuff, it's too complex I think. And this complexity is, I think, unnecessary, so it's better to, it's better to, re to remove complexity instead of introduce complexity. And Java with the every second next release, they just introduce more and more, they make it more and more complex. We can discuss, like, we, we had a discussion on Rosbor Palyotov about uh, the, the Lambda and the function, function, functional programming in Java. And some people say it's not functional programming, but some people say it is, including Oracle. So it's, it, it is something which they introduce, it's something new into Java. Instead of fix the way Java manages objects, they introduce more and more features which don't really fit together. It's, it's, it's becoming a mess, I think so. It's becoming too complex. So we need to try to, to remove complexity instead of make it more, more powerful. That's it. We're running yeah. out of time. Thank you. Yes, thank you. It's very impressive and passionate and your contribution and involvement.